raise your hands to Jesus. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the head of the church. We cry, holy and faithful are you, Lord. Holy and faithful are you, Lord. Holy and faithful. We welcome you in this presence, Holy Spirit of God. We honor to be in your presence. Baptize us in your fire and in your power, every fiber, every cell, every joint, every muscle, every organ, every life, every marriage, every child. We want to be submerged to everything is touched by you. Renewed and breathe breath, breathe fresh breath with us today. Yes, God. That we may come alive as living vessels to represent the kingdom of God here on this earth to glorify our Alpha and our Omega our beginning and our end the spirit of truth in whom we live we move and have our being let our minds be renewed and our hearts be revived cover us by the power of your blood and ignite us within our spirit the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let there be resurrection power in this place today. Resurrection power over all the works of the enemy. Resurrection power over all imaginations and thoughts and mindsets. Resurrection power over all addictions and temptations. Resurrection power over all the works of the enemy. That you promise that I will crush Satan. a river that flows from the throne of God through Emmanuel's veins. There's a river of life and rejoicing and peace. It causes the wilderness to become a blossoming place. It calls you walk in your darkest times to come alive. Where there seems to be death, He causes life to come. Yes, Lord, there is life. There is a river. There's a river. There's a river of life. Let it flow, Lord. A river of life. Let it flow, Lord. Jesus. We rejoice in you, Lord. We make our boast in the Lord our God. We rejoice in you, Lord. Holy, holy. We rejoice in you, Lord. 
holy, 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 holy. You are holy, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor because you've got something to give them. Bless them. Shake their hand. Hug their neck. Tell them I love you and the love of the Lord. Tell them your name. Yes, you never Lord, met them before. Yes, Lord. Woo. Greet them in the love of the Lord. Yeah. Greet them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know Jesus is here this morning. Hallelujah. How many know it's all about Jesus? We've, you've come here to see Jesus, haven't you? You've come to receive from the King, aren't you? We've come before the throne of God today. We welcome you today. We bless you. So honored. So glad you're here today. We pray that you get what you're seeking for. We pray that you receive because he is the giver of all things. This is not about denomination, religion, church, or man. I tell you, even what people preach today, it's not even about the anointing of a man. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit. We are here to exalt one name, and one name only. That is the name of the one who gave his life. That you and I may have life. And it's not about a man or a man's anointing or a man's gift. It's about Jesus. And if you come here to meet him, I promise you, he's going to come to you. He's going to live with you. He's going to leave with you, and he's going to stay with you. He promised, I'll never leave you, forsake you. That's what it's about. We're so honored you're here. If you're visiting us for the first time, would you raise your hand, anybody? For the first time, praise God, hallelujah. Over here, wow. Over here, over here, over there. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him a big hand. We're so honored to have you today. Hallelujah. We're so honored to have you today. I want to read to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Very familiar scripture, but I want to read it to you in the mind, in the translation of the message. And I'll throw in the amplified. I like to throw in, you know, we're from Louisiana. We don't eat bland. We, we like to throw a little bit of everything in there. I forgot what's in this jar. Throw it in there anyway. We're going to try it. Hallelujah. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. This is the message translation. Paul's talking here about the handicapped and so and the limitations. But I love this part. It starts off, Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. You know, there's something about when you see the face of Christ. And you see the glory of heaven in the face of of Jesus Christ, the face of a devil don't, don't move you very much. The things you come in touch with and the things that rise up against you in life don't seem as scary and so life-threatening as they used to. 
It says that the devil came and he did his best to get me down. The Amplified Bible says the devil was sent to harass me. Have you ever been harassed by the enemy or by some circumstance or situation? You may be here today and you've been harassed by something that's been harassing you a long time. Well, what I'm giving you right now and what the Lord's going to give you through the remaining of the word is that he's going to give a spirit inside of you that's going to raise up to where you're going to make that devil. Devil, you ain't harassing me no more. You're not going to bother me anymore. He comes to harass you, try to get you down, to try to give you, get you to quit. I love what 2 Corinthians 12, 8 says. He said to me, my grace. Everybody say my grace. Grace just summed up in three words, and it means so much more than that. But grace means the favor of God, the loving kindness of God, and the tender mercy of God. The favor, the loving kindness, the tender mercy of God is enough and is sufficient against any danger that enables you to bear the trouble manfully. And, you know, Paul said twice, and David told Solomon, you'd be a man. And, and I'm not telling you ladies to be a man, but what it's talking there about is stand up. Man up, stand in his face, and say, I'm not backing down. You know, you ever felt, you see these old heroes on TV, these old cowboys, you know, they're all shot and ran over and busted up, and they're laying on the ground, and the woman's on the side of them saying, come on, get up, get up, you ain't going to leave, you're not going to die, and he looks dead anyway. All of a sudden, the first thing he does is open his eyes, and he goes, nag, 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 nag. Have you ever woke up in the morning and the devil's right there just trying to nag and you think, man, I haven't even woke up yet and you're trying to nag me. You go during the day and the car don't start, something starts going wrong and you go, devil, I've done been told you've come to harass me, nag and nag and nag. But listen, you ain't going to be nagging me because I don't belong to you. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So you can go ahead and nag, but in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I rebuke your nagging, I rebuke your harassment, and I declare whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, you don't lay down and play dead. It says, stand up like a man. Don't allow, and, and I don't mean nothing against this, but don't allow, some people, they, they talk on TV about men get in touch with their feminine side. You know, oh, the devil's hurting me. No, don't be lipped wrist. Stand up and do some kung fu fighting against the devil and make him leave you. I'm just not going to roll over and play dead and the devil's telling me, you're a loser, I'm a loser. You're not going to get over this. I'm not going to get over this. You're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. We're going down. We're going down. No, that's the harassment of the devil. I tell you right now, you're not called to listen to him. You've been called and given ears to hear as a learned of the Lord what the voice of the Lord was saying to you. It's the voice of the Lord that speaks in the death of the tomb and says, arise and come forth and be alive in me. He says, for the grace is sufficient against any danger that enables you to bear up trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect and show themselves effective in your weakness. Now, we all have times where we just want to give up and maybe go find a corner and cry. We all have times where we feel like popping the top and having a tear in our beer. 
But when you come in touch with the new wine that causes something to start heating on the inside from the top, bottom of your feet, come on up to the top of your head, and then start spilling a stirring up on the inside that causes up and say, you know what? I'm going to man up because the man of men, Jesus Christ, who bore a cross when they had whipped him down to shreds and took the nails in his hands and his feet, and they beat him, and the whole legion knocked him upside his head, and they thought they would kill him before he got to the cross, but he was able to withstand all that they came against him with because he looked forward to the cross of paying the price for me so I'm going to stand up and say Satan the blood of Jesus is against you and the power of the name of Jesus is with me now that's manning up and ladies you can go ahead and butch it up and man it up a little bit there too and fighting the enemy I love 2 Timothy 3.14 this is the message translation, 2 Timothy 3, 14. But don't let it phase you. Stick with what you've learned and what you believed. Don't let it phase you. You know, my parents, both of them died of cancer. Other relatives died of cancer. I've heard from a bunch of doctors, you know, it's in your bloodline, you're going to die of cancer. But I got to hold this scripture that says, don't even let it phase you. You got this and you got that. Oh, don't let it phase you. I live in Isaiah 63. I live in Isaiah 53. I live in, in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who heals all of my diseases and forgives all of my sins, who delivered my life from destruction and crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Whatever the devil's been telling you this week, don't let it phase you after today. Stand up to it. Don't be intimidated by the words of the enemy anymore. Don't stand intimidated, but it says stand unflinching, strong in the face of the enemy. That's just a word that the Lord just wanted me to share with you about. Whatever you're going through, don't quit. I know it's hard. I know you're hurting. I know it's difficult. If the devil wasn't scared of you, he wouldn't send an angel to buffet you and harass you. If you were living for him, he wouldn't send anything to harass you. But because you're living for the king of kings, he wants to bring you down. But he's a liar. Don't flinch by faith and by his grace or what the enemy's been telling you because he's the father of all lies. He told you he's never coming back. Devil, you're the father of all lies. He told you you're going to die and not be healed. Devil, you're the father of all lies. He told you you got anemia, diabetes, sugar diabetes, whatever it may be. He told you you're losing your mind. No, devil, you lost your mind Come going across against the throne of God. You lost your mind. Why am I going to listen to a crazy devil when I've got a wise God? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So stand strong in the Lord and the power of his mind and let it exalt itself and let it be promoted through you that the Lord of glory gets all the glory and praise through your testimony that he's about ready to do. Amen. Well, with the ushers come forward, we're going to receive this morning's offerings in time. And Lord, we thank you for that grace, that loving kindness, mercy, the power that is available and sufficient for every born-again believer. We thank you for healing power upon the needs and those who brought in prayer requests. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that, Lord, you have given us the life and life abundantly. Bless the giver. Bless the tithers. Bless those, Father, who desire to give or not able at this moment. Lord, bless them. And meet their need. Father, I praise you for increasing your people. Father, every life here is for your glory and to your glory. And exists by your glory. And we ask you to let your face shine upon them. 
in your favor and in your mercy and your loving kindness. And we exalt you, we bless you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.
we all sing it together. Greater things. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things still to be done. And greater things have yet to come, greater things still to be done in this Come on, lift your hand and say, greater things have yet to come, greater things still to be done in this Jesus. Lord, we praise you for our city. We praise you for our towns, the regions. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, bless you this morning. Thank God for our city. Thank God for our area. Glory be to God. Thank God for you. We're sure glad you're here this morning. Is it an echo or is it just me? Okay. I didn't know whether it was me or the echo, but we'll get it fixed. Are you blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Isn't it great to be in church? Is it great to be alive? Aren't you glad you're here and not in jail? Amen. Aren't you glad you're here and not in jail? Are you glad you're here and not in the hospital? Aren't you glad you're not in some graveyard? Aren't you glad you're alive? Glory! Praise God! Yeah! You know, I've been speaking from the first of the year on the fruit of the Spirit, and we are on our third one, and we're into almost September, but we've gotten into the area of peace, and the thing the Lord has been dealing with for the last two weeks is the area of repentance, and a repentant heart that brings peace. Tonight I'm going to be sharing out a revelation, we've been teaching on the end times, and about getting the church ready, about... Restoring your first love And the importance of restoring your first love And I'll be speaking on that tonight But I believe that all of this Is about God is preparing himself a bride But it also says in Revelation The bride has prepared herself and There's some areas we've got to prepare ourselves in And I believe that we are in a continued preparation And we do a lot of weddings here And when a bride is getting ready There's so many things that she goes through She just doesn't take a bath and put her dress on she does a whole lot of things that it takes days and it drives the guys crazy. But anyway, uh, it's all worth it when they see her walking down that aisle. They'll never forget the look. Well, I'm looking forward to the day where the Holy Spirit's going to walk us down the aisle and put us into the hand of Jesus Christ. And we'll be forever with Him. But the question, of course, and the, the, the responsibility of each and every one of us is to get our lives ready and to get them responsible. And the enemy wants to take us out. The enemy wants to hinder. Are we ready, guys? Hmm? And the enemy wants to stop your purpose. He wants to stop the plans, the pursuits of God in your life. He wants to stop this slideshow. And I bind him in the name of Jesus. You see, how many know you know you make the devil mad when something like this happens? Hallelujah. Huh? He lost because we're not quitting. And y'all not going to get restless either, huh? Brother Jake. Hurry up, Brother Jake. 
Here we go. Hallelujah. Brother, don't, don't worry about it. Or, uh, Jake did that on purpose. He always wants attention, poor thing. You know, he just has to fix it. And don't worry. I want to start off today in Psalms 32. This is such an awesome Psalms. And I want you to see it here. It says in the Living Bible, it says, Oh, what joy. The King James says, Blessed. But it says here, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Isn't that awesome? Shouldn't you get excited about that? Whose sin is out of sight? And you know, we're going to be talking about David today. And you know, David had a revelation. And I want you to get a revelation. That when you truly get before God and repent, and your voice is heard before the throne of God, my God, I am sorry for committing that sin. I'm sorry for failing you in disobedience and my rebellion. Your voice goes to the throne of God. But according to Psalms 32, as the angels and as the saints are walking around heaven, there's a voice that comes out of the glory cloud that says, Forgiven! And there's a continual voice ringing out of the glory of God that shouts forgiven over your sin. And when that voice goes through heaven and shakes the foundations of heaven, comes down into earth, comes into your life, comes in your circumstances and breaks those things that comes and shakes the things from life. And the word forgiven there, you need to write this down, it means taken off. The word forgiven there means taken off. Taken away. Barriers removed. Hallelujah. Barriers removed. And sin is covered by the blood of the Lamb. It says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Whose sin is out of sight. Yes, the joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. Whose lives are completely honesty. Are lived in complete honesty. Now it comes to verse 3. But you know, David starts confessing his sin. But I heard about this radio preacher who was preaching on the radio. And he was speaking about there's 517 sins he found in the Bible. And he started getting all these phone calls saying, Man, there must be some I'm missing out on. Can you let me know a few? How many of you know, we don't want to know what we're missing out on. We want to be free from what we're battling. Amen? And I want you to see here in verse 3, it says, When I refuse, listen to David, When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away. There was no peace. The word body there means this construction and what makes your life worth living. The foundation of who you are and, and the things that you're living with and the things that are existing around you. When I refuse to confess my sin, when I refuse to look at myself in the mirror and according to the Word of God and examine myself, when I refuse to humble myself and say, I'm guilty of sin, it's my fault. David says, when I refused, my body wasted away and I groaned all the day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. And my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Look at verse 5. Finally. Somebody say finally. Finally. finally I confessed all my sins. Finally. You see, that's where God is wanting us to get today as the body of Christ. The confession of all of our sins to you. And stopped trying to hide my guilt. 
I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. I will confess it. And I will, and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Verse 6 says, Therefore let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they might not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. Verse 10 says, Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All of you who obey Him shout for joy, all whose hearts are pure. Can we do that right now? Can we just thank God, hallelujah, for His goodness? And His mercy. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. David said, you know, until, until I confessed my sins, all my sins to you, I, I lived in this guilt, I lived in this pain, I lived in this discomfort on the inside of because of what I was hiding and what I was trying to get away with. But when I finally came to you, there was this forgiveness and there was this blessing and there was this peace inside of my life. But David said, until I confessed it. And I want you to see in 2 Samuel 12, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came to him and said, and he told him this parable and we'll get into it in a minute, but I'm going to stop right there. God sent Nathan the prophet to confront David. Listen, God is not trying to poke or he's not going to publicly disgrace you because he's a gentleman. So don't worry today about someone pointing to you and saying, your sins has found you out. No, this is between you and God. Every day is between you and God, the decisions and the things we give into and the things we look to. But we've got to give ourselves over to God. But there's something I want to share with you, brother. I want to come down. I haven't come down here in a long time and I miss it. I want to come down for just a few minutes because... The Spirit of God has told me to start preaching the gospel. He said the message of the gospel is going to bring him back. And you know, a lot of us have been raised in church, baptized, faithful to church. We love God. But God brought me back to the foundation in John chapter 3. And I'm not talking about John 3, 16. I'm talking about verse 1. And it talks about the ruler of the synagogue, a Pharisee named uh, Nicodemus. Now, to be a ruler of the synagogue, he had to have the first five books of the Bible memorized. Now, listen to this. In other words, he had to have 5,300 verses memorized. 5,300 verses memorized. He was a good man and he, came, he, he was a prosperous man and a blessed man. He, had, he was schooled in, in mathematics and all the things of the time. A very intelligent man. He ended up at the end asking for Jesus' body when it was crucified. And he was a disciple of Christ by night. But this is what I started thinking. How many of us know the word? Have scriptures memorized? But yet there's something about when it comes to the night season, we want to hide with Jesus. We want to hide away from Jesus. And he came to Jesus and he says, you know what? I'm perfect in all of these areas, but there's something missing in my life. You may be here today and you feel like, you know what? I've been in church. I know this word. I've heard scriptures. I've heard the best preachers. I have the translations. I have the tapes. But there's something missing in my life. And listen, all the scriptures memorized and all the tapes and all the confessions and all the things that you can have stacked up in your library will not change you. It's going to take you coming to Jesus. And Jesus even told this man who had the word memorized, he says, you lack one thing. You need to be born again. You need to have a change. 
It's not what you know. It's not what you, only what you believe, but it's who you are in your heart. You've got to be born again. And of course, Nicodemus couldn't understand that revelation of it in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, Jesus was saying, listen, it's not about being going into your mother's womb and being born again. It's about accepting me and accepting the work that I've done at the, work at the cross of Calvary for your life. And allow my Spirit, he says, you look at the wind, allow my Spirit to blow within you and cause the dead bones to come alive again. Listen, if we're just walking around with a lot of knowledge and a lot of acting like we're born again but we're not had a heart change and we're serving Jesus in the dark then our Christianity is very weak and vague and questionable what the gospel is there has to be a change there has to be a transformation it's not about and it's not about you doing it on your own because you cannot you cannot by your own means change yourself it has to be an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God. And we don't want to be of those who come to Jesus by night because we don't want people to see. We want to be those who openly follow Him no matter what the cost is. And it says that David, God sought David out. Aren't you glad that God seeks us out? Then the Lord sent David. And it talked about a traveler coming through. And the traveler came to the rich man and refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one of the wayfaring men who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come. So David's anger was greatly aroused when the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. He shall restore fourfold to the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man you are the man there's this poem that goes you have driven me into a corner where I cannot escape I have betrayed my highest ideas I have been false to my inner convictions I know I have broken your heart thank you for dealing with me in the privacy of your personal presence for my sin is against you alone. Cleanse me, Lord, change me. Sin is so hideous, so outrageous. Renew me until I am spiritually contagious. How many wants a spiritual renewing like that? Amen. God sought David out. It says in Genesis chapter 8, 13 through 21, that after Adam and Eve had disobeyed God and they had hid and they were found clothed, it said that God came walking in the cool of the evening. Listen, wherever you are, and I've preached on the last two weeks of Jesus going to people and finding them, wherever you are, whoever you are, nobody, this is a crowd here today, nobody knows your life but you and God, but I can tell you by the Spirit of the Lord that the Lord is seeking you out this morning. He's seeking you and He puts us in a corner and He wants to get us, get us into a place to where there is no more denying what I have been denying and face up to the truth that I am that man. It says in Romans chapter 5, 6 and 11. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. Aren't you glad He comes at the right time? And died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is specially good. But verse 8. But God. But God. 
showed us His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our fellowship with God has rest was restored by death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. How many is our friend of God? That word in verse 8 in the King James Bible is the word commendeth. Here it says show. That word commendeth means to be introduced favorably. Not to be saying, yeah, that's my daughter, but we don't want to talk about that. That's my son and... I know he's like this. No, that word commendeth through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is my son. This is my daughter. It means to be introduced favorably. It means to exhibit. It means to stand near and to approve. Even though we have our weaknesses and our failures, when we truly repent and confess our sins to God, he already commendeth in Jesus Christ saying, I approve, this is my son. There's a story about this little boy in Sunday school that was supposed to get up and give a scripture and he, was, he had a real bad hunchback. And he walked up there and he gave his scripture and one of the kids started laughing, hollering, look, that kid needs to go home and take his pack off his back. And they were making fun of him and he just broke down and started crying in front of everybody. This man came up to him and put his arm around him and said, listen, out of everyone here, this is the most courageous child I know. And he says, not only that, this is my son. And I'm proud of him. I'm very proud of him, and he's mine. And that daddy picked up that boy that everybody had laughed at and held him and took him back to his seat and sat down and put his arm around him and held him. That is what God does when he commends you. He stands beside you and you say, My God, I have failed. I have sinned. I confess my sins before you. I'm not trying to hide them anymore. I am that man who is guilty of nailing you to that cross. I am that person who's been living life as I, sh I, I decide to and as I want to. But when you repent and you confess it, He comes and He stands beside you and say, You're my son. You're my daughter. But Lord, I have messed up so much. You're still my son. You're still my daughter and I love you and I approve of you. Amen? It says that he reconciled us in verse 10, which means he drew us out. He restored us. The sin that hindered fellowship, repentance, starts the restoration to a new life. To restore us, not downcast and dirty, but to restore us to new life. Many people think, you know what? I'm going through what I'm going through because of my sin, because of my lifestyle, because of what I did three or four years ago. I, I learned something when we were missionaries in the third world country. I met a dad who told me the way his dad taught him, because a lot of those people ride bicycles down there. And he says, the way my dad taught me not to put my toes in the spokes, he, I was riding on the handlebars with my dad going down a hill. When all of a sudden my dad says, okay, put your, put your feet in the spokes. And I put my, he was a little boy, he put his toes in the spokes and it almost cut his toe off. And he says, now I want you to learn a lesson. Don't ever put your toes in the spokes again. How many of you know that is old school? How many of you know here in America you will go to jail for almost cutting your to kid's toes off trying to teach them a lesson? This knife is sharp, so I want you to just cut your hand. How I many know oh, God is not like that? 
Sin opens the doors for the enemy, but God came to David and wanted to restore David. David had went a whole year without repenting of his sins. Murder, adultery, lying, the breaking of many commandments. But God came to restore him, and God is coming to you right now, this morning, to restore you to the right place and bring you out from where you've been. Now I want you to see, in 1 Samuel 12, verse 5, it says, verse 4, it says, one day, must have did something wrong here. Okay, well, we'll stay right there. It says in verse 4, we read that he dressed. Now, I want you to get something here. He dressed or prepared the man's lamb for the traveler. That word prepared there in the Hebrew, it means to become. It means to bear. It means to bestow. It means to appoint. It means to bruise. And it means to furnish. Or in other words, the rich man took the man's one lamb that he had raised even as his own child and drank from his own cup and ate from his own plate. He took his only lamb and he bruised it. He prepared it. He bestowed the uh, pointing of death upon it. And he furnished it for the traveler. That was a sign of Jesus, the Lamb of God. God's only Son, the Lamb Christ Jesus, being taken and being prepared before the foundation of the world to be taken and to be laid upon a cross and crucified and humiliated and wounded for our transgressions and our sins to pay the supreme sacrifice. When David heard about what this man had done, he says, that man deserves to die. This is the next point I want you to do. Our sin needs to shock us. Our sin needs to shock us. Listen, we, we get so comfortable in the grace that, that we just do things and we think we're getting away with things and, and, and we just do, like I said, one of these fast, Lord, I'm sorry for this sin, but listen, we've got to get so close to God and we've got to see that what we do displeases Him so much that it shocks us like, my God, I can't believe I did that. Oh God, I know it. I know you hate it. And Lord, I want to hate it with the same fervency that you hate it. Because God, I took your lamb. You gave your lamb for me. Your only lamb. Your only son. You prepared him. And you put my sins upon him. And you put my condemnation and my judgment upon him. And it cost you such a price that Lord, I don't know what to make void the sacrifice of your lamb for my life. My God, my God, forgive me of my sin. If our sins are not shocking us back into the reality of how much it cost God, His precious dear Son, we're backslidden. We're cold. We've lost the being shock of, oh, I can't do that. Oh, God, you saw me do that. Lord, this displeases you. Oh, God, not only am I hurting myself, but I'm going to show you, but I'm hurting others around me. I'm hurting my family. I'm hurting my loved ones, but first and most all, I'm hurting my relationship with you. And there is no peace when we get so cold and so callous because the world promotes so many things to, to pamper the flesh and give ourselves over to. And there's no way we're going to see a revival in this country where we're living a lifestyle to where nothing shocks us back to the reality that God's eye sees everything we do and hears everything we say.
It's the walk and the call to holiness. My sins need to shock me and send me running to the cross of Christ. I love this song by Brian Darkison. I see the cross. It says, I see the cross and it's all I need to see. I see the cross and it calls me to believe. No other way to be reconciled, to receive complete forgiveness. No other choice could have set us free, could have paid the price of justice. So I come as I am to the place where mercy meets me. I see the cross. Another chorus goes, you suffered and died and poured out your life. You showed us the way to truly be great. Yet this begins the Father's full plan. No, there's no other way to share your resurrection, to live forever through your death and life. Thank God He came to give us life and not to take, us, take it away. Amen. I want you to see here. It says the poor man owned nothing but one little lamb. And he had, brought, he had bought. And he raised that little lamb. And it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. And he cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing the animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. That's what God did with His Son for you and I, to sacrifice. I want you to see here. 1 John 1, 19 and 10. But if we confess, how many can say praise God? I've got to acknowledge my sin. We read at the beginning when David says, When I finally confessed my sin, I was blessed. When I finally ac accepted and spoke my guilt, I was forgiven. And it says in 1 John 1, 9 and 10, so it says here that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all wickedness. Verse 10 says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts. Look at Proverbs 28 verse 13. It says, people who conceal their sins do not prosper, do not live at peace, do not go forward. But if we confess, somebody shout out confess. Yes. If we confess, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to confess our sins, but not only confess them. What does it say? And turn. Say that with me. And turn. And turn. Real repentance is not, Lord, I confessed, I did this, and I'm sorry for it. Real repentance is confessing it and turning from it. And then it says, they will receive. Then they will receive mercy. Somebody, who desires mercy? Confessing our sins and turning from our sins. Look what it says. It says in 1 Samuel 12, 13. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. He confessed it. But then look what it says. Then Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. Oh, hallelujah. How many can thank God right now? Right now. Right now. Right now. Even though this terrible deed was done, because you confess it instead of trying to find an excuse. Listen, you know who will give you the excuse for what you do is the devil. The devil will always give an excuse to sin. But I'm going to show you next week when David in Psalms 51, when he goes all the way to when he was conceived, he goes all the way to his DNA, to his temperament, to his personality. He goes all the way to his 
who he is on the inside. He says, I can't blame no one else. I am the one who's guilty of the sin. I have sinned. Do you know what may be keeping you from your breakthrough and from peace and from joy and from the thing that you're believing God for? Just finally confessing. I have sinned. It's not the abuse from my dad. It's not because of my last one or two or three or four divorces. It's not because of the way I was treated in school or in high school. I have sinned. And I stand accountable for my sins. It's not the others who will stand for me on that day. I will stand for myself. But I come now before you, just you and I, God. I come before you right now on the basis of your mercy and the blood of your Son. And I confess my sin of doing this or that or the other, Lord. And I'm not blaming no one for my actions. I accept full responsibility of my deeds. I killed the Lamb. I nailed Jesus to the cross. I nailed His hands and His feet. I put the thorns on His brow. I opened His back with the whips. I slapped Him and mocked Him. I pulled His beard. I denied Him. I stood there as He hung. He died. I put Him. My sins put Him upon the cross. And I come before you, my God, and I ask you, forgive me of my sins that nailed your Son to the cross. I killed I killed the lamb. I killed the lamb. I killed the lamb. Because you loved me so much not to allow me to go to hell while I was bound because of sin and judgment. You are that man. But then here comes the words. But the Lord has put your sin behind him. <clears throat> Listen to this. Psalms 103. Well, Colossians, I jumped in, I'm sorry. Psalms 103, verse 12. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Let me just read, starting with verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. Listen to verse 10. Oh, church. He has not dealt with me according to my sins, nor punished me according to my iniquities. But as far as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Verse 14 says, For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. Thank God for the mercy of the Lord. Thank God that he is merciful and gracious and slow to anger. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will remember, I will not remember your sins. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen this morning? I will not remember your sins. Micah 7, 18. Who is a God like you? 
forgiving and pardoning iniquity and passing over the, passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Can we give the Lord another hand? He delights in mercy. He delights in mercy. That's why he sent Nathan the prophet to David. David, you have sinned. It's been a year. You have not acknowledged your sin before God. But if you will only confess and acknowledge your sin before God, God has already taken your sins, no matter how bad they were, no matter how much they have hurt you, consumed you, and, and, and made you sick. He will put them behind his back and he will have mercy on you forever. Oh, our God is a good God. Look at Colossians I'm sorry. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet, not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us. And took it away. That word prepared for the Lamb was the word to take away by nailing it to the cross. Listen, all that could ever condemn you was nailed to the cross. All that could ever condemn you when it's repented and confessed of is nailed to the cross. 2 Samuel 12, 16 and 18. And David became ill. And David therefore pleaded with God for the child. And David fasted and went in and laid all night on the ground. So the elders of the house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he could not, nor did he eat any food. Listen, sometimes we need to get to a point to where we get into a mode of seeking God over the, 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 the sins of our life. Church, listen. Y'all know me. You can call. You can email you set up appointments with a number of the staff here. There are books. There are materials. There are things to help you. That as you fall on your face before God, there's a book. If you're suffering, for example, with lust, pornography, compulsive masturbation. If you're, and, I, and yes, I'm saying those words because that's what's happening if you're fighting these type of things and adultery and fornication and, 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 and homosexuality or any of these type of things, there's a book called Pure Desire that as you read it, there's rivers of cleansing waters that come over you because you could say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. And you'll end up doing it again. Because real repentance is not only confessing, it's turning away from it. Turning away from it. And His grace is sufficient to be able to help you to turn from those things that keeps pulling you down and bringing you down. That keeps hurting the foundation of your structure of your life and your marriage, your home and your future. That is sucking the life and the joy and the peace out of you. That spirit of death. And David fasted and prayed. He sought out to God. Sometimes you just got to get on your face. You got to cry out to God. I asked God to help me. And I have failed so many times. 
Even sometimes when my attitude has not been right, or maybe I would have offended somebody, and, and, and I'm thinking later on, Lord God, and I fall on my face before God. I said, God, if I said something to hurt that person, I ask you right now to forgive me because that is your son and that is your daughter. I have done something that I shouldn't have done. I'm asking God, Lord, please help me be so sensitive to, to not only my family, but to my church family. And help us to be sensitive one another to where it's not about me, but Lord, it's about them. And help me to humble myself, to be, to be sensitive to their needs. And, and there's so much in that area I need to grow in. There's so many areas we all have to grow in. Uh, listen, I got news for you. You ain't perfect yet. If you're perfect, stand up. And we'll stone you. <laughs> Liar. We're all here as testimonies of the grace and the mercy of God. But Lord, let my heart strike me with the things that strike you. Break my heart over the things that break your heart. And it says, it says in verse 20, look at this. So David arose. Somebody shout out, rise up. There is a time of repenting. But you don't make it when you repent and you truly ask God to forgive you and you turn from that sin. You don't continue repenting and living in the past over the same thing. God gets glory not out of your sin. He gets glory of you coming out of your sin. And it says that David arose out of that place of sackcloth and ashes. He arose and he cleaned himself with water and he cleaned the filth and washed it away and, and his heart and he got up into the house of the Lord. He went back into the church and he worshipped God. Listen, there's too many people that think because of my lifestyle, I can't go back to church. David says, wait a minute, I've repented. He's forgiven me of my sins. I'm going to go in that church and I'm going to praise God just as though I could be just, I'm just as clean as the preacher or the worship leader or anybody else. I'm going to raise my hands and praise my God and I'm going to rejoice in my God. I'm not going to be moved by what I feel. I'm going to get before God. I'm going to get it right. But then I'm going to get up. So look at your and say, get up. And I'm going to go on. He has washed me. He has cleansed me. I'm going to go in the house and praise Him. I'm going to eat. I'm going to celebrate. That's what He said in Psalms 32. I'm going to rejoice because God has forgiven me of my sins. Amen? Amen. He lifted Himself up and went and praised God. God isn't glorified by your staying down. God is glorified when you rise up to Him. Look what it says in Ezekiel. This thing ain't working today. Ezekiel 36, 25. It says, Then I will sprinkle clean water. Somebody shout out clean water. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit on anointing within you and I will take out the stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you. So that you will follow my decrees. And be careful to obey my regulations. Lord says, I'm going to give you an anointing. That not only are, am I going to help you not to commit that sin anymore. I'm going to give you a disgust. For what used to give you pleasure. The Holy Spirit is so amazing when He gives you a new heart that there's a holy disgust that I can't stand the look of that. That which once used to do something for you, it just doesn't, now it makes you nauseated. 
the jokes you used to hear and say, it now makes you nauseated. The people used to hang out and do what they did. There's something inside of you, the, the Holy Spirit inside of you is quenched and grieved and it makes you nauseated. And, and you go away from there, God cleanse me, cleanse me. Thank you for cleansing me from that filth. I don't judge those people, Lord. I just thank you that you got a hold of me. I pray for their salvation. I pray for their deliverance. But my God, I, I just thank you for cleansing me and taking me out of that filth and that trash. Because Lord, if it sickens me this much, how much does it sicken you? If it sickens me this much, how much does it sicken you? If it sickens me this much, how much does it sicken the Holy Master God Almighty? How much does it sicken Him? And it says in he ate. Now I want you to see this. This is, this is awesome. Take note, if you didn't hear anything else today. David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. Church, brothers and sisters right now, listen, listen to this point. You're not the only one who got hurt through your sin. David's been crying and weeping and travailing for a long time. The child died because of his sin. A lot of times we're so self-focused... I was hung up on pornography. I was hung up in, in sexual sins. I was hung up in stealing. I was hung up on cheating. I was hung up in all of these areas. Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm such a sinner. And I hear so many people come and they say, I'm sorry for what I've done. How many times have you gone back to the ones who were hurt through your sin and got it right with them? Bathsheba lost her child. After losing her husband. Her name was thrown to the dirt because she committed sin with the king. And now she's hiding all these months because she's pregnant. How about her? David was sensitive. When you get sensitive before God, it's not just me hurting God. It's who I hurt through my sin. Brother and sister, if, if you've gotten divorced... Because of a moral failure. Your children were and are still hurt. Your wife and your husband is still hurt. If your wife caught you with pornography, or like I heard a school teacher talk about fourth grade, they're asking children to bring videos from home for video day. And there's children in the third and fourth grade who are bringing their mom and dad's pornography to show to the class. Listen, David ran to Bathsheba. Because David was the only one hurt through it. Bathsheba was hurt through his sin. How many people have been hurt through my sin? How many people have been hurt through my wrong? I live with this guilt. I'm so ashamed. Yes, but you got a family and friends and mom and dad who are hurt and ashamed too. Did you apologize to mom and dad? Did you break down and repent to them? 
You write a letter to your ex-wife who went through all the humiliation. Well, why are y'all getting a divorce? Why are y'all separated? What tore your family apart? Some people have not connected to divine peace because they haven't made peace with the past. David went in and he comforted his wife. Yes, she was an adulteress, but she also just lost her child. She was a product, living product of sin. But God loved her like he loved David. And she needed comforting. The Bible says, let us comfort others as we ourselves have been comforted. The reason I've got to confess my sins and the reason I've got to get it right with God is because God is going to give me a peace and a grace and I'm going to have to go to somebody else who needs comforting and I need to get with them and something is going to be produced. Listen, the devil thinks he's going to end your life and he's going to ruin your future and stop you from having a ministry. The truth is, this is just going to make me more humble and broken before God and I am going to receive more comfort than I received it before so that I'm going to be able to comfort others and the people I'm going to be able to comfort now that I've been through what I've been through we are going to able to produce a peace and produce a joy and produce a legacy that the devil has tried to steal here many times we think that our past sin has stopped us from being able to go in our future the truth is it's just a setup that God is going to get glory from taking something that seems filthy rags washing it in his blood white as snow and comforting it so know that you and I can go comfort others with how God has comforted me that woman David had been there crying and praying before God guess what she was crying in her room too she was broken and humiliated too. The prophet didn't go to her. The prophet went to the man. Sometimes, listen men, sometimes we're going to have to go to our family, our children, our parents, our bosses, our co-workers, whoever it may be. We may have to go and we may have to repent and break down before them and ask them if they will forgive us. David went into Bathsheba. He comforted her. He restored her. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. That word behold in King James means wake up to this. You are a new person. Now, if y'all can help me back there, just back up to this last scripture. Do they make these for beginners? <laughs> if you look in your Bibles, it, it just later on, you can see in 2 Tim, Samuel twelve twenty eight. listen to this. This is the same chapter. Let me just tell you about it. The same chapter. The prophet went to David. I'm, I'm going to finish with this. The prophet went to David. He says, you killed the lamb. You're guilty of this sin. David repeated, repented of his sins. Then he went and comforted Bathsheba. And now in, in the same chapter, just a few verses below, David goes against the enemy. 
And he conquers the enemy. Listen to this. Here's the adulterer and the murderer. He goes into the town. He conquers the enemy. And they take the biggest crown with the biggest jewels that has been on the enemy's head for a long time. And it says, and the people went. This is in the same chapter. In the same verses. David the adulterer has a crown put upon his head with the finest of gold and the finest of jewels. It's not a mistake, it's in the same chapter. Doesn't the word say that he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? He says, I will run this race because I know I will run this race not for an incorruptible crown but a crown that endures forever. Revelations chapter 12 says that we will receive the crown of life. Church, even if you're here today and you have messed up with the worst of messes, and you may be in a mess, you may be here and you may be in a mess, if you will repent, not only will God put your sins behind you forever, not only will He forget them and not remember them anymore, not only will He restore you, and then comfort you and use you to comfort others. Then he's going to crown you and promote you even after we've blown it. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. That even with all of that, David, you know how you feel. You just want to hide. And the people knew what happened and they go, "Uh uh-uh, sit on your throne, King David. And he's sitting there, he's thinking, I'm so unworthy of this. And God is smiling, this is my son. God is standing right by him. And they come and they place the crown upon his head. The biggest, finest crown that's ever been made with the biggest of jewels. And they crown what some people are still calling the murderer, adulterous king. And God crowns them and says, this is my son after my own heart. I want to serve that God. I love that God. I'll die for that type of a savior. I'd rather serve and please him than serve and please myself. And you know what? David went on down the road and he messed up in other ways. But this is what I'm going to teach you about the repentance and the song that David sang that broke the yoke. He might have messed up in other ways, but he never messed up in the same way again. There's a repentance that breaks us off from ever committing the same thing again. And as the body of Christ, there are areas where you and I have to get to where we're always going to make mistakes, but we're not practicing sin willingly. But there's a repentance that destroys the yokes, for I will put a new heart and a new spirit within you. Jake, share would you come... I ask you if you would stand, please, if you would dim the lights in the back.
I'll just take a moment, just ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. Oh, we have so much to be thankful for, the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness and the willingness of God to forget our sins and throw it behind His back. If you're here today and your life is not right with God, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you'd like to surrender your life to Him, I just want you to raise your hand right there where you are and say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Raise it real high. God, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you, sir, on the back row. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Anyone else? I want to surrender my life to Jesus. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I see your hand. If you've known him, but yet you've wandered away from him, and you know your life is not pleasing him, I want you to raise your hand, because I want to tell you something. I thank God for the privilege of being able to rededicate my life to Him growing. Raise your hand real high if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus today. Hands all over the place. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus this morning. Just raise your hand. I want to renew my relationship with Him. Raise your hand. I want to renew my relationship with Him. Just raise your hand. As Christians have their heads bowed and their eyes are closed, I'll ask these who are raising their hands if you will come and stand in the front and just face me. Just come and stand in the front and face me. You want to give your life to Christ? You want to rededicate your life? You want to renew your commitment to Christ? You may be here today and, and your life is not where you're supposed to be. Come and get it right today. Today is the day of salvation, deliverance, and freedom. Just come up. Just come up. As they come up, I ask intercessors and those to come and stand behind them. Brothers and sisters, come and stand behind them to pray with them, encourage them. Christians are still praying. Let's keep them this moment reverence. Let's keep this moment reverence. People are getting saved. It's not the time to get up and move around. This is a time to pray. This is a time to examine our hearts before a merciful God. He went all the way for us. We could spend a few other minutes before going to lunch. Come, come, my brothers. Come, my precious brothers. Come, 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 come. Sing it. Bring restoration. As he sings, if you know you've got to come and surrender something at the altar, you come. You come Bring today. Restoration. Come today. Come and surrender your, your life totally to Jesus today. Bring restoration. Young and old alike, come. Come lay at the altar. Come to the altar. To my soul. Come lay it at the altar. Come crucify it. Come sacrifice it. Restoration. Jesus. We love you. You bring restoration to my soul. Taken my feet. Listen to these words. You called me by a new name. <laughs> a new person. You've taken my shame. Taken my shame. And in its place. And in its place. You give me joy. Give me a joy. You take my morning and turn it 
give me joy. Yes. Turn it into life. You give me joy. My soul. These altars are open for you right now. These altars are open for you. These altars are open for you to get before God. Open your heart and just cleanse. Confess your sins to Him today. Confess, confess your wrongs to Him today. My soul. Allow the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You bring restoration. Receive the restoration of God. Receive the restoration of the Lord. Let yokes be destroyed and burdens lifted today. Let the power of the enemy be destroyed today. My soul, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, you bring restoration. Holy Spirit, bring restoration. You bring restoration. Spirit of the living God, you bring restoration. All of you standing up here, I want you to look at me for just a moment. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, it says we will be saved. There is no doubt. No matter what you've done, no matter where you were last night, no matter where you were this morning, no matter what you've been battling, you've made a public confession to come up here and surrender your life to Jesus and He will honor that. You come here this morning and you have laid it at the altar. You have laid your life at the altar. And no matter what you're battling, big or small, He loves you. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And all through here, you can pray this prayer also. And let's break and rend our hearts before God this morning. And let's allow the spirit of holiness and truth to come into this body. And make this the church of Jesus Christ. A people who are washed in His blood. Who are cleansed. And our names written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Then when we die, forever shall we be with Christ. I want you to put your hands upon your hearts. Just put your hands upon your hearts. And pray this out loud with me. Pray to the Father. Pray before the throne of God. And just hear God shaking heaven as He shouts out, Forgiven! 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 Now pray this, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I confess I am a sinner. I've disobeyed. And I have walked in rebellion to your ways. But today, at this very moment, I run to the throne of grace. And I cry out for mercy. I cry out for grace. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me of my sin. And make me whole. Father, Give me a new heart. Bring
renew, renew a right spirit within me. Thank you, Father, for the sacrifice of your son Jesus. Thank you for the work of the cross. And I decree, and you decree, I am a child of the living God. Oh, hallelujah! Oh, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Spirit seals you the day of redemption this day he's taken you and he has sealed you as his you belong to him you're his child and he loves you you are forgiven you're loved and you're accepted you're totally accepted to the Heavenly Father let's praise God for his mercy and his strength Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord praise. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. We're going to be here tonight at 6 o'clock. We love you. Invite your friends. Bring the lost. Come. And we are about to see the gospel revealed in central Louisiana. God bless you.